0: Right. And it becomes it becomes kind of self damning at that point. Um, you know, if you if you think about if you think about all if only thing you think about is bad stuff, you just keep digging yourself a hole. And it's so much harder to get out of if you refuse to look at, you know, some of the good things going around on you. So
1: were you always so positive in your life or did you have a had a turn there as well?
0: Uh, I had my my worst prop, uh, part probably was right around the time I was talking earlier about where I was just so burnt out on my career path when I was looking to do the biochemical engineering. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think a large portion of that is what really shaped a lot of what my life, uh, life value is now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was so set, you know, you grow up and uh, your parents want you to succeed and you want to succeed and you want everybody around you to feel like you're successful. And there's just this, preconceived notion of what success is. Success is how much money do you have in your bank account and that white picket fence house? Like that view, that view of what people see on TV of that perfect moment. And so I had this really, this massive drive to try to succeed. I've always had that massive drive to try to succeed. But my issue was I was trying to succeed at someone else's goals and I was no longer valuing what, what things in my life made me happy. And I think that that moment of break when I realized I can't do this anymore, I need to do something that I love was the moment when I started looking at what truly made me happy and what was what was bringing me down, and what was bringing me down was this was this moment this this daily moment of negativity and the fact of like I have to do all this stuff, and I don't know if I even love it mm-hmm. and so I and I, I began to tunnel so hard on how much I don't love what I was doing that I was unable at that moment to really appreciate all the things that I was love doing, which was I was loving getting tattooed and I was loving doing my art and I was loving playing my games and I was I was loving hanging out with my friends and all of these social situations, but I was just so downtrodden on all of this realistically you know very unimportant stuff mm-hmm. you know. I learned a lot in precalculus, but all that misery I was suffering through it is irrelevant. Like i I was I was stressing myself out on all this stuff that really had no value to my to my own personal happiness or well-being at that moment. Uh, and just that weird, weird, like focusing on that such dark feelings. Uh, when I finally quit that, I realized what I had been doing. And that was just this, this, like, I, I almost, it almost felt like I was trying to make myself unhappy. And that's where I found like, where a lot of people end up spending so much time on the stuff that they dislike. I, you realize that you, you, you almost focus more on what you hate than what you love. And if you can, if you can at least spin yourself away from Uh, your primary focus of your day and the primary because it it starts to become who you are like and we've all seen those people we've all met those people the ones who entire focus is on stuff they just don't like like at what point do you stop do you stop trying to enjoy things just to try to hate other things so much more and it's It seems like such an adolescent thing because, you know, we get we when we're young, we spend a lot of time. uh, We have we have strong emotions and that's a lot to do with hormones and we don't know how to deal with our life around us and everything's changing. And why do they keep canceling my show? And and like so many there's so many things that are just so easy to, to dislike. Like it's so easy to dislike something. People remember stuff that they hate far longer than any any one situation they love. And it's because negative reinforcement is just so strong. It is. It's, it's because, you know, even emotionally, like we're, we're, we're taught. We're like, someone doesn't say to you, Hey, use the stove because it makes you, makes you food. What do, what do people teach kids when they're young? Don't touch the stove. It's hot. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a negative reinforcement. Like that's the idea that if you do this, it's going to hurt, mm-hmm. but no one taught, no one says, Hey, this thing provides you food that doesn't suck. You know, like it's one of those things that we have such we have such an aversion to 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 things based on its negative value rather than uh, how much we love. And we don't we don't get pushed towards things based on how much we love them. Um, And I think a a certain level of positivity and being able to actually recognize things you love and try to go towards them rather than trying to spend so much time trying to just uh, specifically avoid things you hate. Because you spend so much time tunneling on this ah just anger stuff that you 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 spend so much less time away from all the stuff you love, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so hard on you mentally. It really is.
1: Do you do you have like a um I mean do do you do something like um gratitude or anything like a day like being grateful in the night or something that you talk to yourself and say like I'm grateful for this or that? Do you have a habit? If I
0: I wouldn't say I specifically have something that I do like that. I don't I don't wake up my uh every day and be like, "Hey, I really appreciate this." Like I don't at any point say that. Um but I think I think I spend most of my time telling my chat that I do. Uh because honestly, like everything they do is completely of their own free will and accord. Like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the same room with them. I can't hold them, hold them hostage and be like, you better hit that like button. <laughs> like, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't work, you know? And so uh, anybody willing to take those actions and really, really try to put, uh, put, cause they're, they're, I mean, they're doing it. They're, there's a, a TV show and they talk about, there's no such thing as a selfless deed. Like you can't do anything without, without it having an actual outcome that you were ant- anticipating for it to have. Every person who licks, who hits that like button knows it's going to make me happy. And they're doing it because they want to see that little bit of serotonin when it's like their, their name pops up likes the stream, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And, um, and so understanding that every time you're doing something good for somebody, it can be, it can be positively reinforcing for yourself as well. Now, obviously you don't go to the internet and be like, Hey, I, I brought an old lady, her groceries today. Like that seems a little awkward. But, you know, just doing that for somebody that's going to be grateful for it is, is, a, is an amazing feeling. Uh, and so I, I think the majority of what for me, it's I don't have to, I don't really spend any time trying to, like, find something to be happy for. I think I spend so much more time in my every moment trying to trying to actually accept all this happiness and try to, like, accept that, you know, the good things that are happening around. Even when bad stuff is happening, you know, yeah, that sucked. But hey, look at all this good stuff that's happening. It's pretty, it's mm-hmm. pretty great. So, mm-hmm.
1: well, is uh, were your wife always supporting you, like d- doing the streamer thing? And uh, like, I mean, you put a lot of hours in there before it actually was gave you something anything. back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, she has always been supportive of it. Um, it was, it was always hard, harder for her to understand when I first started, mm-hmm. because even when I first started there there wasn't a great precedence for what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, The largest streamers in the world were very few and very far between. And there was massive differences between those people and the people who would start. And I mean, the numbers are even more massive now, but being able to get into it now is far easier than it was when I was starting just the sheer accept, like acceptability of the, of the profession itself, the ease of access to a lot of the materials and a lot of the stuff like that. It's far easier. So and then you know they've lowered the entry level for a lot of monetization on most of the websites. You know, Facebook only requires like a hundred followers, and you streamed two different days. And then uh, I can't remember Twitch's uh, affiliate requirements, but it, it's also something pretty pretty low lower yeah, on the end. Too. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I think the then,
1: the hardest part is I think you need like three to five viewers or something concurrent for a stream, yeah. and this is I think the hardest part for most of them.
0: Yeah. And then I think (laughs) YouTube still has the hardest one because I think it's like a thousand thousand, thousand subs to actually get like any monetization tools. Yeah. But so like all of that's pretty ease of access. And so when I first started doing it, you know, it was one of those things she was like, she was like, is this what you want to do? I was like, yeah, it's what I want to do. And so she was like, okay, well, that's what you want to do. I think though the biggest moment when she realized um, not necessarily specifically what I want to do, but the impact of what I did was uh, we went to Twi- she went to TwitchCon with me one year mm-hmm. and to have people like she got to be around this entire because, you know, all she sees is lonely bald me sitting in front of camera, bunch of monitors frying my brain. Exactly. You don't see day. any
1: feedback, whatever. You don't yeah. see what's going on on the other side.
0: Yeah. And so there was there. Was, it was it's just kind of like, OK, he he's sitting there, mm-hmm. but he's happy. So, you know. I could be doing all sorts of other dumb stuff, whatever. Um, But so she went to TwitchCon with me and she got to see all of these people and she got to see how large this event was. And there was people coming up to me like, hey, Prophet, how are you? Because my name was Prophet at the time. Exactly. And so like she finally got to see what all of that went into. like, And and so it was one of those moments. I wouldn't even say necessarily that that it was eye-opening, but it was more of like a like an induction, like it was the moment where she actually got to be part of that world. Uh, mm-hmm. cause you know, a lot of it she spent on, I mean, even if she was near me, she was on the other side of this monitor. And so it's still pretty limiting to for that energy unless you're actually doing it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was, that was a massive part. And so she's always been my number one fan. Like she's, she was there before I started. She'll be there long after I'm done, but, uh, yeah. She's always, she's always been, she's always been about my happiness for it. So oh, that's always is, been the best that's so,
1: That is so great. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are many streamers out there who don't have the support, like at least not the mm-hmm. right way. Right. And it's hard to explain. And, um, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe the woman world is, uh, is, is still not ready for, for gaming, you know, in some areas.
0: Um, it's- I mean, there's, I mean, even guys there, there are the, you know, all the female streamers out there who have their, who have boyfriends who just don't understand why they do it. Mm -hmm. They're like, you just want attention or whatever, you know, there's always Mm -hmm. excuses. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest issue with a lot of it right now is, um, there's, we, as a gamer culture, we've only been cool for like, what, a few years, like, it ain't been long since, like, it's been the acceptable, cool thing to be playing video games on exactly. the internet. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so all the people around our age group were like, yeah, this is great. Let's do it. And, um, but still at the same time, there's there was there's such a large section of our own age group that is still so stigmatized and still grew, and grew up the whole time thinking that what we're doing right here is specifically just, like, asinine, such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where I think that's our largest issue right now is that is that we're still a very split generation on what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the future, we're going to end up with a lot, a lot better acceptance of what we're doing, especially now after all this COVID stuff where everybody's been forced to be like tele, like telecall from home for all their jobs. (laughs) Streaming. Yeah. And everybody's finally getting to realize that, you know, that what we what we offer is a massive is a massive free market which you know can be monetized of course all the companies do it all the time but uh the
1: the gaming market is now bigger than hollywood than the film market so i mean and and that actually for a few years i think right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's uh, quite a thing like nobody realized really what's going on i think um it's really interesting also on twitch uh, what kind of content creator now switch to twitch not even gamers you know
0: right NFL, and, everybody
1: Mm-hmm. That's yep. it's super interesting um, Do you like um, have anything where you think like you would like to be better at as a streamer
0: As a streamer, I really wish well, so specifically as what I do, I wish I was better, I wish I enjoyed making videos I wish I enjoyed making like YouTube videos, I'm garbage at it, I know I'm garbage at it I could spend a lot of time trying to learn how to do it I don't want to do it, I hate it I hate it so bad Uh, but as far as streaming is concerned, um, I, I wish I was able, I wish I was able to, to, to read a little bit faster and I work really hard to read fast. I do. Uh, and I I get better at it every day, but there's every so often a moment where the chat moves just a little bit faster than me. And then I miss like the first part of a statement, and then I get into the second part of a statement. And then I get confused, and then I go back up three statements, and I read that statement. And by that point, I missed another one. And so,
1: aren't you a little bit too hard on yourself?
0: Probably You're... every day.
1: <laughs> You're already so quick. I mean, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I um, unbelievable again,
0: perfectionism. Um, it's it's a terrible thing to have, but it's a wonderful skill to to exploit when possible. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I believe that. Is there like if you look back now, is there like anything you, you you would change about how you started your streaming career? Like um if you could go back now,
0: I would have probably it,
1: like if if hindsight were 2020
0: and I knew what I knew now, I probably <laughs> would have um I probably would have started on a game that was a little less uh annual. So I love my Battlefield titles. I do. Uh, but one of the big... And, and so Call of Duty is also a, a, a massive title as anyone, mm-hmm. uh, as anyone will see. But a large portion of the games that has ever really grown like, to a, an exponential size are the games that don't release like annually or biannually. Um, so I put a lot of eggs into, a, into my basket whenever I started on the Battlefield series because I knew every, like, every two years there was a new game. You know, I got Battlefield 4, and there was Battlefield Hardline, and there was Battlefield 1, and there was Battlefield 5. And I spent so much time on a game that, that there would be new versions of so frequently that I, I didn't understand how the gaming market works, which is um, viewer turnover. And, you know, as new titles release, certain people hate things from the new ones, and certain thing, people learn things from the new ones, and certain people stop playing altogether, and certain people start playing on this new title who've never played before. And so when you, when you dedicate yourself to a volatile market, you have to learn how to basically remarket yourself every about six months, unless you're working in a title that is specifically a, like a a lifetime long title or a constant update style title. So you're looking at at games like rainbow six. Now they have a 10 year, they have a 10 year plan and we've known from the beginning, they have a 10 year plan. So that means that if you were to start playing a game, you're going to start playing a game at a 10 year plan like that. That's really smart. Uh, What I was doing was I, I, I opened up a McDonald's who serves only burgers and a year later, all I have is fish sandwiches. Well, now everybody else is wanting these burgers, but all I got left now is fish sandwiches. And so now I have to try to figure out a way to get all these people who wanted burgers to now want fish sandwiches. And so what you're seeing is like, you're, you're hitting a moving target with a different moving target. And the the number of moving cogs becomes so exponential by the time you get there that if you don't garner a large enough following based on who you are as an existing person, then you have no actual following. What you have is you have a a viewer of convenience, Mm -hmm. someone who is watching you specifically at the moment because you happen to have that one thing they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that I real, I, I saw, I saw my numbers going up and I saw, I saw this, this entire idea of what I could be. And I wasn't paying enough attention to the business model that I was going to be unable to maintain um, unless I was going to play battlefield hardline for the next 18 years, you know, like it it wasn't going to happen. And so, and then battlefield one came out and, it was just enough of a push for people to, that already loved me to watch it and not enough people of uh, a separation from Hardline for me to lose a great, a great part of my market. But I wasn't thinking about that. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking that here in two years, I'm doing this again. And so then I built my entire major section of my viewership on this Battlefield 1, and then it ended.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what do you do? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to watch you still, but there's going to be so many more that aren't. And Mm -hmm. so I, I honestly didn't invest enough of my content in as myself. I put so much effort into what that game was that I lost a large portion of viewership because I wasn't willing to accept the fact that I wasn't selling myself. I was selling this game. I was a front runner for Battlefield 1. And that was the idea of my entire channel. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the largest things that I could ever encourage people on when they're building a, a a stream or a YouTube or a blog or, I don't know, a newspaper. I don't know who anybody would make any more of those. But, like, if you're building something, by God, you got to put yourself as the front runner. Like... That is is that is
1: that's why you started the vlog?
0: Um. Uh. So no, I started I started vlogging. I think honestly because I needed an outlet for me to be able to talk about what was going on in my life, hmm. and it was really easy. And it was also a secondary function to me trying to figure out if I actually enjoyed making videos. I still don't. Uh. Hmm. And so I. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, st- I started. I started trying to really figure out like who am I as a streamer. And I'd, I'd spent a lot of time, you know, obviously always talking to chat, always focusing on what they were doing. And it wasn't until I don't think until the end of Battlefield 1 that I had really grown into the idea of who I was and what I was. And that was chat. My, I was the chat. I was 100% based on what they were doing, how they were doing, what they want, what they like, how they work. And so I. Uh, how do you how do you keep
1: track of it? Sorry that I interfere. but Oh, how you're do you, good. No. How, how do you keep track of. Um, like so many information, because at the end, if you want to use information, you need to know where the information is when it comes up, etc., cetera, et cetera. Like, right? Do you actually list it up in a form, or do you really just play everything around in your head?
0: So, uh, are you talking about game about no? Game I mean more like people? not
1: people more like I mean, if it's so much information, you have to keep up with if you want to be right. Right?
0: Yeah it's, it, it is a ton of information. Um, so one of my superpowers. Uh, that I determined <laughs> early in life was that I can remember anyone's food order, uh, and that was from serving. Uh, I took a party of forty-two people once without writing down a single order, and it's because I can look at somebody's face and I can remember whatever food they're eating. And yeah, so, and so, it, it's a it's it's great for serving, but it has no utility anywhere else. <laughs> and so, what ended up <laughs> happening was I learned that. If I personify anything about anything about their name when I look at them in chat, whether it's their name like on Facebook or their tag whenever they're on Twitch or whatever, anything like that, if I can if I can build an idea in my head of what that is, mm-hmm. I can remember things about them and I can catalog them through things as well. So, did you learn like,
1: did, uh, that, that's actually a common strategy to remember mm-hmm. stuff. Did you learn that somehow or you made it up basically?
0: I made yourself. it up through streaming, or I mean through uh, through serving, because like <laughs> it would get to the point where people would come back, and it would be like three months later, and I'd be like, oh, you like that pot pie? And people would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> <Who knew?" laughs> and so, uh, yeah. it, it got to the point where people They're were probably coming
1: back. They, they probably even didn't remember what they ate last time. <laughs> you
0: know. um, and so, it would be one of those things that people would come back, and they would be specifically they would specifically ask for me at this point because it was a joke to them. They'd be like, "I want to see what he ha- if he knows what I had last time," and like I could still see probably probably sixty to seventy percent of them now and still tell you what they have. I still remember like specifically I had this one one couple and I can still remember every time it was a uh, filet oscar, which is two three ounce filets with asparagus, comes with Bernays and crab meat, but he wants no crab meat. He wants a loaded baked potato and he always got a side salad with a with blue cheese and every time every time and it's one of those things that he came in and he changed it on me one time just to see if i would catch it i'm like that isn't what you what you normally order mm. he's like oh wow that's great and so <laughs> and so it's one of those things that like mm. i don't know why my recall is strong on things like that because honestly i'll forget i'm i'm downstairs i'm probably 60 60 70 feet maybe like i guess that's was like 40 40 yards or 40 meters or whatever from my from my uh refrigerator Mm -hmm. i will forget what i'm going for my refrigerator for on the way up i will be i will be three hours later down in my room completely confused i was like i went upstairs i don't know why but if you want to tell me about your grandmother's surgery i'll remember it next month like i got that like but it's embarrassing too because like my wife will be like remember take out the trash tonight. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> It'll be like a week later. I'll be like, I didn't do it. I'm on <laughs> it. I can't. I don't know. You
1: um, uh, need post-its. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I, I do. I, I like need stickers everywhere for everything except for what doesn't matter. I remember every lyric to a Nelly song from the 90s from it, like the 2000s. It's awful.
1: Wait, is it that's, is, is it why you have like every time you start your stream, you have like, did you know these yeah, kinds of stories? Is all is those it, facts. That's why you bring it up? Because you want to spread... <laughs> yeah Yeah. (laughs) my information so you're not you're not alone
0: (laughs) yeah uh, but yeah no i so it'll it takes me like me like nine to ten minutes to set up my stream in the morning Mm -hmm. um and the same thing for about the evening as well and i I will spend 30 to 45 minutes trying to find the weirdest thing i can on the internet just to post it in the channel for the facts (laughs) it's awful oh yeah I i love it but it's still awful
1: Bosch just had a uh, question and Um, "Does it mess you up when people have different names in the real life on Facebook and the gamer tags in the gamer world?" Oh yeah, I actually thought the same. That could um, be confusing, right?
0: It will, it will mess with me for a couple of days. After about probably, I think it's generally about three exposures to the name and the tag, I begin to immediate, I begin to meld them as the same thing. The most the most troublesome thing for me so far in my head, uh, as far as with like the swap to Facebook, has been like John Smith, like which one are you? Like, yeah, um, and Gentle. then like, <laughs> yeah, and then like uh, I have people who join from like um, mid Asia, and their name will be in Sanskrit, and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Or it'll be like in celiac. And I'm like, I don't know if that's Greek or Russian or Mm -hmm. what do I call you, but I can look at those, uh, those like the Sanskrit writing now. And if I recognize the pattern, I'm like, Oh, that's Ali. I know Ali. Or I'll be like, Oh, it's Ahmed. Welcome back Ahmed. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're just like, I thought you couldn't read that. I can't read it. I just remember. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, the, the names that when they're like three or four different names, it can get rough. I have a viewer that got that got banned on Facebook for getting into an argument in chat, and then not not in my chat in someone else's chat, and so he's he's made like four different accounts at this point that are just like whenever I get banned accounts, and so he shows back up. I'm like, oh Connor, welcome back, man. <laughs> <laughs> his name will be something like his name's like a obvious or something like now. Mm-hmm. Like oh god. Yeah.
1: <laughs> At least you know who he is now. yeah Yeah. Uh, I yeah, because I didn't ask it before after the video, I actually wanted to ask, like, because mm-hmm. um you said waging is um I don't I don't think you said it directly like this, but waging is kind of affecting also your mental health. Mm, yeah. Um why is that, please? Can you explain that to us?
0: So it comes a lot it comes a lot down to more of like that 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 tunneling on on negative emotions. So when you're playing a you're playing a game unless this is your job obviously if you're a streamer that it becomes your job so that mm-hmm. that is a little bit of something for it as well but if you're playing a game you're specifically attempting to to escape your everyday reality like no one no one loads up GTA to go sit in traffic and then drive to an office and sit in your desk for 8 hours and get out of it and leave and go home and make a probably a subpar tv dinner like you don't play gta to do that you fly a plane you jump out of it it crashes into a building you you get hit by a car you wake up the next day like that's everything's fine Mm -hmm. like that that's an escape that's a moment where you're trying to not deal with all the stuff that might make you upset during your day so now imagine you've taken this 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 one moment that you've been gifted by technological deities at this point and you're mad at it you're like, it's like this is this is something you have direct control over. Like this is completely your world. I mean, sure, other people are living in it and they're probably cheating or whatever, but like they're 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 living in that world, and then you've decided to take this thing that you were mad about all the way over here, and you're just like, let's take this and ruin my happy moment, and we're just gonna shake it violently, and so. You're you're injecting this this negative feeling into what's supposed to be a, a positive pastime for yourself, something that's supposed to try to make your life happier already. Like you're trying to escape bad stuff, mm-hmm. um, and so by by encouraging this level of rage inside of your pastime in your happy pastime, if you can't even be happy in your happy time, how much of that is going to affect you in your non happy time? Like think like it, it's 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 feeding itself. Like at that point, at that point, if the only moment of your, of your rest and relax, relaxation has made you mad, then when you have to take that moment, that's supposed to be your Zim, your calm, your, your step away from the world. And you have to take that and throw that back into your world. You're just, it's just compounding and compounding. Like there is no moment where you're going to walk away from this anger and then go into something and, put more of that anger and then take all of that and step away and not be angry. Like you're, it's, it's just going to continuously feed itself. Um, and I think that honestly, if you, if you can't find a moment in all of that, to be happy, you just need to step away from it for a while. Like you need to, you need to find something new, something Zen, something, something happy. Um, maybe if you're, if your games are making, making you angry all day, read a book, pet a dog like go for a walk yeah Mm -hmm. go for a walk lift some weights Mm -hmm. don't lift some weights take a nap watch a video like
1: anything anything else something Mm -hmm. yeah
0: play play sesame street on repeat like do something but get pokemon yeah catch pokemon
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i really liked also what you said is like um and and this is i think also a real reason for me if you wage in video games, right, and um, let's say you play in the morning, you wage, you know, and then you start your day after that, mm-hmm. um, then you take this wage into your day. Mm-hmm. And you have influence also to, you know, real life people around you. Um, yeah. And and at the end, we, we have to take ownership for whatever we are saying, however we are, you know, behaving or even feeling.
0: Oh, Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And um, I think many people forget that, that it's, I mean, you, you can't be mad at a game at a player, you know, whatever it is, but at the end you hurt yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it does. Especially mm-hmm. if you start your day that angry, it can't get better. Like you're, it's not going to your day's not going to get better. If, if mm-hmm. you're, if you start your day angry and you go out from that anger and then you just like, how are you going to look at your day and be like, oh, this will be fine. No, you're just mad at that point. And so you're just looking for these things that are going to make you mad. And I think that's a large portion of it is when you start off mad, and you are so apt to being mad in your relaxing time, that means you're probably just seeking out things that make you angry. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a terrible way to live. Like, yeah. I've I've seen people do it before. I actually had actually had a guy in Battlefield 1 who we were doing the dog fighting the like the 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 plane the plane versus plane section of the game and I shot him down and he just wrote some racist crap in the in the in the all chat. I was like, "Wow, that got out of hand quickly." Mm-hmm. And then he gets killed again, he does it again. I'm just like, I'm like, this dude's life is not going okay. And so like it was one of those things that I was just like I really need to ask him this question. Uh, I sent him. I, I just wrote an all chat. I said, "Hey, are you okay, man?" It's like is something going on. And actually, he responded back with, "He's like, he's like, no. He's like, all these people keep killing me. My day sucks. My dad's sick." And so at that point, I was like, "Oh man, this guy's day is really, really shitty," and he's taking that on everybody else. I was like, mm-hmm. "Hey man, like, that really sucks." I was like. You want to talk about it? And Mm -hmm. so it was one of those things where it was like, it was actually a moment where somebody's life was really, really bad. And they were playing a game and I guess they were attempting to escape it, but they were bringing all that anger and stuff into the game. And then of course, you know, making their own day worse. But he actually did. He actually did send me messages for probably about 30 minutes before, before he was like, he's like, like, you know, what I did wasn't great. He's like, he's like, but my day wasn't good. And I really appreciate you talking to me. But it is one of those things, you know, like a lot of this time these people they're they're just continuously just like they're just feeding this anger <laughs> just over and over again. And so it goes a long way, I think. I think it goes a long way to sometimes you even have to check on these raging people. Make sure um, that they're okay.
1: You 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 actually uh, send messages, right, to people when when they uh, they send you hate mail like this like um not only uh, once, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, I've, I've
0: done it quite a few times. Most mm-hmm. of the time they're just they don't want to talk to you but sometimes every so often there is there are some redeemable stories behind them so
1: why do you take the time it's Um, it's a stupid question but why do you take the time why do you think it's worth it
0: I i don't know it's it's really hard for me to believe that somebody can be that that spiteful or hateful or it's something unprovoked Like, Mm -hmm. and I know, I know that's probably probably, I mean, there's a large portion of it where I know I have an, like an uneven amount of positivity for what I like to do. And I know that I'm very fortunate in the way that I get to do things I like, but I can't imagine that someone is just unprovoked. So mad all Mm -hmm. the time. I imagine that there's probably people who whose entire intention is to troll or make, very inappropriate jokes because they think it's funny. But the people who are actually extremely mad, I find that there's very little chance that they can that they're doing it specifically just to be spiteful. I feel like a lot of times it's like they're it's their attempt at trying to get out, trying to get that anger out, mm-hmm. and they're they're like, well, forget the consequences of who else it affects. It's like it's just a game, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, i I, th- I think the majority of the time for me, it was it's one of those things where I'm just like, maybe they just have to say something, you know, I mean, I did have family members when I was younger commit suicide who probably, probably were very similar. It could probably be one of those moments that makes me willing to say something to people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I had a, I had a a family member who of course I'm older now. So of course being gay was no, was not so acceptable when I was younger Uh, and he he was, and I think a large portion of my family being Southern wasn't so okay with it, and so one of those things that, like, I saw him do that, and I've seen other people do it, and I don't know. I just feel like sometimes people need that moment to be able to, to talk, especially when you see people doing something where it, it just doesn't make sense on why someone would be that way, Yeah. you know? It just seems like it, it and, you know – a lot of times, people just send me back even shittier messages than they sent me the first time. But some, right? Yeah, you know, sometimes they just needed it, and so it's not going to affect me any. It's not like anything that they're going to say is going to hurt my feelings. I don't care what they say, but mm-hmm. maybe I can save their day a little bit.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Maybe you just give them like a little kick, you know, so they they can help themselves. Maybe, right? Right. Do, do you like your, we had it before, like you said, the starting the day positively. Do you have like a morning routine um, or like something, you know, like uh, uh, how to get positive in, in the day?
0: So my morning routine is I snooze my alarm three times and I refuse to get out of bed. Um, mm. I try to pull my near dead leg out from underneath my dog. <laughs> um, I try to find some sort of clothes that I can wear that won't look disheveled. Um, I wobble down the stairs and I press a million keys because there's like two lights here and one light there and two PCs there and camera over here and way too many uh, switches. So I I frequently turn on my stream and then it's like no camera signal. And I'm like, oh, I didn't turn that on. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and then I wander back upstairs and I grab like 30, 35 beverages like this is this is from this is from this morning. So I'm just going to just going to hold this here like Mm -hmm. I've got I've got I've got (laughs) I've got got a lot of beverages uh, because I talk a lot. And so I always need hydration of whatever sorts. So Mm -hmm. I grab like six different beverages Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like three bottles of water. And I come down here and I sit in my chair and I stare at the screen blankly for about five minutes until I can eventually get my fingers to punch in my password correctly the first try. It doesn't work so i do it 30 times i turn on a million programs and then i finally i finally do this i go and then i hit go and i just start talking and so i think one of the big things is i just i try that's crazy i try to make it as um i try to be as mindless as possible until i start and i think i think that's probably just me just breathing through my morning (laughs) <laughs> and i do pretty much the same thing in the evening too because like i go upstairs grab all my drinks come down here press all the things put it down sit down and it's just breathing i don't know there's something there's something relieving of that first breath before you hit that go live
1: hmm. just a so, bit of so so the breathing is your routine
0: yeah the breathing is my routine yeah
1: mm-hmm. do you believe in procrastination
0: Oh, God, I'm the worst at at procrastinating. Um, And see, here's the problem. School only encouraged it because I got great grades doing things at the last minute. So if like if you didn't want me to do it, maybe you should punish me for it. Um, And so like I was the yeah, I was the guy who every like every night I'd be like, I've got three papers, due. guess I'll do them now. Um, (laughs) It's so unacceptable. But yeah, so I'll I'll be like ah, I should really turn on my PC. It's like I gotta be live in five minutes. I'll do it in a second, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then because uh, if you 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 seem so organized, you know that's what I'm asking. Like um, it seems like every, every time you want to do something, you do it. Right. I uh, and I think that's
0: I think that's <laughs> why I procrastinate is because like I know I'm gonna do it. I know when I'm gonna do it. And so I just do it when I'm supposed to do it, rather than trying to get it done early, because then I just sit around here and wait mm-hmm. the whole time. Like I was on here early. I mean, obviously we were both on here early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I got all my stuff together. And I'm like, okay, I've got all my stuff. We're good. I was like, and now I'm just gonna just gonna sit here and wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sat here, and then you popped up. And I'm like, hi. I'm here.
1: Uh, yeah, I was like, he's early. Normally, yeah. like, normally I'm I'm an hour alone. I was totally confused. You were in there before me.
0: Yeah, I refuse to be late on anybody else's time. Mine. Oh well. Like, mm-hmm. if it's my if my schedule, I'll be there when I'm supposed to be there. Anybody else's stuff? No, yeah. I have to be there. It yeah. has to be, and it 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 will it will make me almost sick on the on the thought of being late for something that I know mm-hmm. someone else is waiting for me for.
1: Mm-hmm. um
0: same yeah and so i don't and i don't know why i have such a i, I do but i do i have such a, a
1: physical <laughs> attachment
0: of my own health and well-being to somebody else's schedule sometimes
1: well that's it's not a bad thing right i mean right. it shouldn't um, be it shouldn't be the only thing is if you stress yourself too much for it i guess yeah um you, you said once you made lots of friends in gaming do you still remember the first gaming friend you had the first gaming friend I had... Mm-hmm. Um, online gaming friend?
0: So, like, from streaming or not from streaming?
1: I would say gaming in general.
0: So the first online gaming friend I ever made is the guy I told you who moved down from Ohio to come stay with me. Uh, his name was Jeff. His tag was Draco. His Dra- his name was Draco and Alucard. And we started playing Halo 2 together. I met him through one of my buddies that uh, we were mutual gamers for um, on Halo 2. And we played together, we played games together um, at least three or four times a week Mm -hmm. for almost eight years before we ever met. Okay. And it it was one of those crazy moments because like we just, you know, when we started playing games together, he was just a a guy online that I was like, we need more people for this game. Um, And then of course, you know, you talk to him every day, you talk to him at night, all of a sudden, you're like, hey, here's my phone number. Just call me or like sending mm-hmm. messages on AIM or whatever, whatever program we were on at the time. And it's just one of those things I just like, you never thought that you would ever make friends outside of that. And so it was him and a few other people that he brought along as well. But they all came to Tennessee and we all had them stay at my house. And it was one of those really, really crazy moments um, I never thought would be possible. You know, you never think. Because you grow up with only the people in your area. You think these are the only people I'll deal with for the longest time until you start getting old enough to realize that there's a world outside of what little world you have. And so, yeah, that that was crazy. But his name's Jeff. He was, he was a real cool dude.
1: And streaming? What was your first streaming friend then?
0: My first, my first streaming friend. Um, the first one that I, like, really put a lot of time into... Um, probably... Is my buddy Brian? He's actually one of my, he's one of my moderators now. He started moderating my my page, um, he started moderating my page uh, back, back a long time ago. I think I was still playing Hardline at the time, mm-hmm. um, and he was he was one of the first people that I met that through my chat that I actually became friends with because like I had been introduced to a lot of streamers and you know you're working with them and so you really try not to be like he's my friend because then you get your, your feelings hurt the moment that like they're playing with everybody else and not playing with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I was always really reserved on that whole, like, um, friends thing. Like when streaming was concerned, because it was one of those things that I just, I was just so ready for, for them to be like, I don't know you. Mm (laughs) Mm-hmm. And so, that, uh, but
1: because that's what I was thinking about, like, you know, how, how is it today? It's like, can you say like online friendships are, can be real friendships? Like,
0: oh yeah, now, definitely.
1: Yeah, right. I, I, yeah, I have. Do you think it had ch- changed because you said now, definitely? Uh,
0: I think probably 10 years ago, 11, uh, actually 15, 20 years ago, like when Xbox Live first started, I mm-hmm. think that it would be, it would have been highly unlikely because mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like he's my friend we've played games together for six days and then it's like offline since two years ago like mm-hmm. you're like okay well I guess I'm never gonna see that guy again mm-hmm. but now with our with our world is our world is so interconnected with with electronics and the ability to actually l- interact with people outside of your you know general localized ecosystem you know I'm talking to you now thousands of miles away yeah like, right this would have never been, never been possible, really. Like Mm -hmm. not without like a five minute delay and us going, huh? What, What what'd you say? Um, And so like now, now I think that there, I think people are more apt to being friends now because of the digital age than we ever were before, because now we can be with friends. We can be friends with people who have similar, like similar things we like, and you're no longer required to try to have to hide who you were To try to accept be accepted into this group of people. Like you're like, I like, I like video games. And they're like, I like video games. You're like, you want to play a video game? Cool. And then you play video games. And no one's like, yeah, but you don't have third period English. You're like, you're like, what? Why does that why does that matter now? Like it doesn't. (laughs) Um so it's so much easier now. It's so much easier to get people who actually care about you too. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people are friends of of convenience or localization um they're like well i've got nothing else to do it's 6 p.m and they want to go to the bar i guess we're going and you're like i secretly hate this guy um but on the internet you're just like yeah we're probably not friends right and they're like yeah no i kind of hate you and you're like cool i guess we'll never see each other again (laughs) it doesn't matter it doesn't hurt anybody's
1: feelings
0: (coughs) like so you have so many more real friends now because of all this
1: I, I feel like it's a it's a good and a bad thing like oh, this, yeah. like this, uh, this thing you said, uh, like, if you don't like somebody in you, you can just say, you know, fuck off, you know, I don't want to talk mm-hmm. to you anymore, especially in communities. I think it could be a problem because sometimes I feel we need this conversation sometimes to break patterns of not giving a fuck. Right. Mm. Um, you know, like it's, I mean, yes, it's easy to say like, you know, well, you know, I don't like you, I ban you, you know, and I don't need to talk to you anymore. All right. It's okay. It's cool. Right. But, um, it also brings us a little bit. Sometimes I feel to the situation, especially when you look on Twitter, like messages, you know, everyone can just judge anyone because it has no effect really, because, you know, if you don't like me, just block me You know, I don't care. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, I think
0: it's always, it was always one of my biggest concerns, uh, with streaming was the, the veil of anonymity, the complete discon- disconnect between who you are and what you say and the ability to access the person in which is saying it. So people see, they're like, I'm, uh, anonymous Slayer 52. And they're and they look at your picture and they're like, ah, uh, you wear glasses. And you're like y- yes you're like that's stupid okay and it's like nothing nothing of value has been exchanged it's like it's mm-hmm. it's the worst part of what the internet is is it, there's all these people that that just have no no connect no actual connection to what they're doing and so they feel they have this like this just protection they can say whatever they want and that's the same thing you're saying is the no fucks given bubble it's because these people think that they're all protected because they'll never see that person in real life. They'll never see that person at that moment. They'll never see that person again, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is, that's highly detrimental, not only to our society because people, um, some people's feelings do get hurt. Like people try to troll me all the time. They come into my chat and they're like, Hey, you're bald. I'm like, yeah, I cut it. Like, I know (laughs) Like you're not surprising me. Do you want to mention that I'm, the same color as the whiteout factory like yeah i'm pale as balls let's do this like i don't care but there are people that you're gonna come in there and you're gonna you're gonna upset them like there's Mm -hmm. gonna be people that you're gonna make upset and they're doing it because they know that they're never gonna get punished for it so that's that's probably the worst side of our social world that we live in now where it's technologically based is that yeah people people can say whatever they want and they really can't be punished for it unless there starts to become some actual laws about cyberbullying or whatever. But then we have to start walking into like policing chats and stuff like that. And it's such a weird, weird, slippery slope. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of it comes down to also, you know, some of the greatest conversations we can have are because of all this same thing. Like people, people, you know, 10 years ago were afraid to speak up for like, I, I, probably not 10 years ago, I guess about, probably about 10 years, gay rights or 30 years ago, women's rights, or 50 years ago, you know, any sort of minorities rights or anything like that. Because, you know, you had to just say that in person. <laughs> you had to say that about, around a bunch of people and you really didn't know what they were gonna say. Like, you oh, could be like, yeah, I really think that women should be able to vote. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're probably just gonna hang you. And you're like, ah, yeah. oh, crap. Well, I guess this is over. Like, mm-hmm. and that most that moment's done. But now, because we do have the ability for, pe- for a, global, a global connective where we can actually have these conversations, you can start to realize that you're like, hey, maybe I'm not so wrong about the fact that, you know, women should probably have the protection of choosing whatever they do with their own body. Like, other people agree with that. Maybe we should probably say something. You know, we're no longer limited by our just only o- our local ecosystem on what we believe that can be right and what can be said. Because we can actually work together as a global community to to actually get these changes, you know uh, rather than being just like, well, no one else in my in my world thinks that we should have mustard, like yeah exactly like, okay,
1: you're like, okay, well,
0: I guess no mustard, but <laughs>
1: Well it's it's so easy, it's so easy to judge again, right? It's it's the yeah. same point. Like mm-hmm. did you get ever like I, I saw actually I think yesterday a post on Twitter about another content creator who was complaining about um getting bullied for having tattoos and mods. Mm-hmm. Do you do you ever um do you ever as a streamer, you know, got bullied because or you know, people were trolling on you because of it or hating on you? Uh, I have the
0: wonderful benefit of having what I like to refer to as resting asshole face. And so generally people look at me and they go, yeah, I'm probably not going to mess with him, at least in person. The majority of the time people look at me and they're like, he's mad about something. And I don't know why. Cause I, whenever I'm thinking, I generally look like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just doesn't go over well with people who don't know me. Uh, but generally <laughs> what ends up happening uh, uh, in chat is they'll come in, they'll be like, wow, you've got a lot of tattoos. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And they're Thank like, you. I don't like tattoos. I'm like, probably shouldn't get one then. then yeah. It's usually about over. So at that point, <laughs> you know, mostly, uh, I think, I think the, honestly, the thing that gets me, that people try to do to me the most, honestly, wasn't, uh, isn't even the hair thing. Would I wear wigs? I have wore wigs before. It doesn't look good on me. I've got a perfectly round head. Take advantage of it. Um, but so... People will look at me and they will immediately assume that I'm going to be the aggressor on any situation, Mm -hmm. especially if you see me in person. Cause I, 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 I do, I do not look like I'm happy at any given time. But the moment I talk to you, I'm like, hello. And people are like, that was weird. Don't do that. And so most of the time, um, most of the time, unless someone knows me, they generally assume that I, that I'm going to be the aggressive one. So most people avoid me. And so people in chat do the same thing. And so they assume I'm going to be violent towards them. Like I had a guy come in a channel and be like, would be like, oh man, you look like you could take me in a fight. I'm like, why is that a defining feature? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm playing a game. I'm just smiling and playing a game. And he's like, you look like you could kick me. I'm like, oh no, I, I could. I You're know. not that big actually. Right. Uh, I, think- I don't know. It depends on what you consider big. I'm, I'm five, eleven. Five that one, uh, that one ninety.
1: What is it? One I, In German, it's one ninety. But that's oh not man, small. I, for, I
0: always forget about y'all using 190s? Like actual well, Definitely bigger than
1: me. Yeah. What do you say? Five seven or what? Uh,
0: I'm, fi- I'm five. I'm 511 eleven. Let's see. Five
1: eleven.
0: Five. Eleven. Oh, I did not type. One twenty one. No,
1: uh, one eighty. One eighty. Yeah, that's definitely not too small that's bigger than me. <laughs> 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 no, I saw. I don't know. I can't remember. Well, there was one video on your channel, and you were standing there uh, and um between other guys, and you were the smallest one. But then I guess all Ooh. the other guys were just super big. So what um, you might have seen was
0: me with um a bunch of the wrestlers, and they're all like six something. Yeah, so. could be. Could yeah, be. So like. they're all like two hundred or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super B- big, big old dudes.
1: Yeah, man. Um. I have a I have a question from Bosch and then I think we have to like guys in the chat again uh, if you have a question to fire just shoot it in the chat. Um, we will probably have another 10, 15 minutes and then we will uh, share the laugh with somebody else. Okay. Um, but Bo- Bosch had a um, and if you have a question, of course, fire, you can ask as well. I'm just saying okay. if you want to bring up something for the chat or me. Um. So Bosch, Bosch wanted to know about Battlefield. If you were the main designer and decision maker for the new Battlefield game, what would it look like? And would you would you wish that there are key features and mods from previous games you would like to keep, and what new ones would you like to see implemented? Dan, that's a big question. Also, we said we wouldn't want to talk to, about Battlefield 6, really. Do you want to answer that question? I can answer, yeah, that's fine. Um, so, I mean, one of the biggest things,
0: um, for Battlefield for me is I was a, I started playing Bad Company 2. So mm-hmm. for me, Rush has always been my favorite game mode.
1: Oh, mine too. I loved and
0: it. I loved, I loved the way that Bad Company 2 handled their map design as they were built around the idea of Rush for the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see the next one be a, be like more of a modern Battlefield mm-hmm. with a Rush focus and Rush focused map design because I thought that it made for really, really nice battles. Uh, I really don't care if they go with bigger armies. I really don't care if they go with more players. I really don't care. Honestly, even if it were um, too many like fancy things, I would, I, all I want is a solid gameplay loop. I want something where the teams are evenly enough balanced where they can both of them fight for the fight towards an objective, whether it's defending it or attacking it. Mm -hmm. And I just want good map design outside of that. I'm realistically, I'm open for whatever they want to do. They can make one where I'm, I'm a, like a a pug fighting Dobermans, and I don't care. Like, let's do it. If I've got, if I'm a pug with a gun, let's go. Um, yeah, as far as design stuff like that goes, uh, they're the artists on that. I believe in them. Let's go. They've all, it's always been beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm, but yeah, most important thing to me is I want something that is at least team oriented with objective focus, Mm Mm-hmm. Those are the most important things. That's what makes Battlefield to me. Team-oriented gameplay with objective focus.
1: So you think like in Battlefield Five, Rush came not, um, well, they didn't put enough energy into Rush?
0: Uh, I don't know. One of the biggest issues I had with all that was it just, I don't know, I feel like the maps weren't designed with anything in mind. Mm-hmm. Like there was just so much focus on how pretty it was and I, I hate when games try to focus highly on, like, fidelity over functionality. Mm-hmm. I'd rather a game be ugly and play great than a, a game that looks beautiful that plays poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the area, and I'm, I've never been a fan of, of historical shooters at all, because most of the time they're based around a actual battle. And if a battle were to be even, neither army would go towards it yeah no one's gonna take the no one's gonna take a fight where it's like well it's a 50 50 shot we win this like mm-hmm. they want they want advantage and so generally what happens on any fight is there's an advantageous side and so it makes for unbalanced games
1: i understand yeah if you i mean you played no call of duty uh for how long long a year or a year and a half like yeah, a, full, a full year When did you switch a full year mm-hmm if you look back now, would you say there, there are some things from Call of Duty they made good, and you would like to see in uh, Battlefield?
0: Uh, Call of Duty did well with their integration on the way that the game works with their um, Warzone and with their standard multiplayer, and now with the next title, I would love, I would love it if Battlefield had a a future tie-in style of what they would want to do with their gameplay loop. I think right now games games as a service are the primary feature of most ga- most games something where, with battle passes something with constant you want to return and I think what generally happened was a lot of a lot of what happened was the was they didn't have a future like none of these games have a future it's always like create the game create a battle pass content's done in the game and I think Call of Duty did really really well with their like. Here's Warzone like this is the game that continues to connect the two games that are out so the game we had and the game we got and i think that more companies need to look at ways to create a uh, more longevity for their titles even past the point of original expiration um just like they did with Warzone where you know all the modern warfare stuff happened it went through a full DLC cycle they teased the black ops stuff they released Black Ops. They integrated it. Now you have access to both of these both of these games' stuff in one, one sandbox. I would mm-hmm. like to see if Battlefield could do something similar, whether it's, you know, a Battle Royale, which I know is this hot topic for, for the Battlefield com- uh, community. They, they feel like it takes away from stuff. Or if it's even just like, you know, integration into the rotation, whether it's, you know, stay in the same engine, add expansions rather than creating a whole new game for a whole new purchase
1: yeah right like do you do you think we need a dlc spec right
0: yeah i love dlcs i mm-hmm. think that they're amazing um even if they're like you know we're not gonna release a new game but we're gonna release a 60 dollars expansion for this title and it gives you the battle the first battle pass you know you have to buy all all further ones after that what it includes is vietnam so say that they release the new game it's modern they released a, an expansion a year later, it's all Vietnam. And it's mm-hmm. like, sure, you can't take these guns in there, but you know, you unlocked this stuff. And if it's still within the season, you can still use that one. But you know, sometimes you're in Vietnam on some servers and sometimes you're in modern on others now. Mm-hmm. Or and then they go like a year later and they're like, surprise, we have future war. And it's like, and so all of a sudden you you're continuing to expand on this game, but you still have access to the other stuff you've already bought but you still have a reason to keep playing. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just makes sense to continue to add content rather than is to completely start new. Because what is all of our biggest issues on most games? Launch time woes, server instability, accessibility to the game, um, new adoption, whether or not people will play it. And by creating these games that are ever feeding to themselves, you reduce that... You reduce that adoption rate because you already got people playing it, and now all you're trying to do is is add new players to it. You're constantly just trying to improve on your old process without having to worry about drop off on whether or not people will play new stuff all the time.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Well, we we can just hope you know it it will be there will be com- coming more stuff, especially for the content creators. Like I felt really bad like for guys you know like uh, Book Machine. Oh, Jack Frags. I mean, if you don't have, like, new content coming out regularly, yep. you, you can't do really much, right? Mm-mm. So I, I don't really get why so many people were mad, you know, for content creators switching to Modern Warfare, because, I mean, what could they do if you don't have any content to work on, you know? Yeah. you got to find much. something. Um, well, let's hope this will change. Yeah, I hope I'm so, pre- too. I'm pretty sure.
0: They've got three uh, studios on it right now, so that's at least <coughs> promising. That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I think there was one question in chat from Sylon. He wanted to know why you switched um, from Twitch to Facebook.
0: Why I switched uh, from Twitch to Facebook? So one of the big things, imagine you're trying to build a house. Okay. And the city you live in is New York. So you've, you're living in this massive, massive section of the house. There's not a lot of places to build a house unless you build on top of somebody else's house. There's not a lot of places to be. So what you could do is you can either stay and hope you can find a spot that opens up and move into somebody else's house, or you can move and you can start building your own house. So one of the biggest things that I learned early on or early on this year, or I guess I was in middle of last year was there wasn't much room in a lot of these categories for someone of my size. Mm -hmm. I was too big to exist as somebody that needs to be pushed because I was no longer new. So there was very few people looking to adopt an old streamer, like someone who's already been doing things. Uh, I was partnered. So therefore I already had established myself. So there was no idea of like pushing for a new high because no one cares on whether or not a partner is is going towards a partner goal. You're already a partner. Um, and then also on the other side, I wasn't small enough anymore to where, there was a, a warrant for me to try to encourage people to give me a chance. Cause obviously about a bunch of people already gave me a chance as a partner. So what I saw was I was stuck in this uneven middle ground where I was too big to be new. And I was too, I was too established to be pushed. Mm-hmm. And so what I decided was it was more behooving to me to start again On a place that could be that could be that could grow, and also features an algorithm, something that Twitch doesn't really do very well. Um, Twitch is a great place for established content creators and anybody else who has the ability to get people to come to them from another another website. Um, I don't make YouTube videos, and I'm really bad at them, so I don't tend to do very well at that. Why don't don't you hire somebody? Well, I could, but that would require more effort. Oh, you make too much sense. Don't do that to me. Um, and so I decided that what I was going to do was I was going to take a chance. I, I've been doing, I've been doing that whole thing my entire life. Take a chance, just try something. So I decided to swap to Facebook. I have a lot of friends over there. Um, Stone Mountain, Mugs, Lala, Pool Shark, all sorts of different content creators, uh, Soltech, Yusef, all these people that I've known for a long time, uh, all doing well, all comfortable on Facebook. Um, I've had a Facebook for years. I was like, why not? Uh, and one of the biggest selling points for me was it was a, it's a social media site that added streaming rather than a streaming site that was adding a, an attempt at social media. So literally a billion people on the website already. Uh, and so my 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 possible reach is ex, was exceeding that would of what it could have been when I was on Twitch. So I did it. and um, I just you know, with the standard way I do everything, 100% in. Just uh, mm-hmm. gave it a go, and it's been treating me well. So, I'm and not you had today,
1: you had like five hundred plus views, I think, right?
0: Yeah, I I talked out today at about nine twenty-two. Wow. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So it it's really pretty... going good for you. Yeah, it's doing well. I I don't I don't dislike it. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, you, surely, surely. Congratulations on that. Actually, mm. I really, I mean, it's it's uh, definitely hard if you make this decision and you basically have to start from scratch again, right? Yeah. There's always this, uh, you know, option that it doesn't work. But always. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you, it seems like you're grinding right now, so it's amazing. I like sure I, try to. Uh, Joe, be so kind and, and put his link, his Facebook link, please, in the chat again. Oh, and uh, thank you, Firebond, for the follow. Yeah. I followed you your so channel
0: thinking we were on there today and then I realized that we weren't on there today. And so now I realize what's going on. And so I followed that
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, guys, we are about to get to an end here. Uh, did I miss any questions? Let me check quick in the chat and also you fire. Do you have any anything left? Do you think I miss anything? Um, I feel like we could talk actually for another two hours and still we will fill Fill it here, you know. um, um
0: Worst case scenario, you, you all can always have me back. I'll talk about more stuff. It doesn't matter to me. So
1: yeah Now, absolutely, I would love that. Absolutely, I feel like this was a this was a warm up talk. Next time, we go we go deeper. We go deeper. We talk about <laughs> we deep, things like mayo versus mustard. We talk about needles. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and bacon.
0: <laughs> and bacon. Always bacon.
1: <laughs> always bacon. Uh, guys, thank you so much all for being here tonight. Thank you again for all the questions, for all the love that you were so active in chat today. Uh, Fire, thank you so much for being here, for joining me. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure talking to you.